Hey everyone, and welcome back to my Blacadian universe. How are you? How is everyone doing? I hope you're staying safe out there, doing well. Um, here in Canada, um, things are political. We're in the middle of a federal election. Um, by the time uh, this airs, um, it, the results would have been in. Um, and so I'm just in a political headspace and something that I've been thinking a lot, something that's been said by one of our candidates here, um, a conservative, the conservative candidate, um, is about, you know, taking Canada back. And I wanted to talk a little bit about why that's a very, very scary concept to me, um, and a lot of, um, well, people of color. Um, uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. So the phrase take Canada back um, to me is the equivalent to, you know, make America great again, um, because it's calling back to this time that was um it's an idealized version of the past it's basically um when white people feel uncomfortable with you know being called out on history and their privilege and you know colonialism in general um you know, they want to go back to a simpler time when, you know, BIPOC people didn't have a voice to call them out on their crap. And uh, <laughs> that's essentially what it means to me anytime I hear that. Um, it's a simpler time, you know, it was good. Um, you know, black people liked being slaves and, you know, you know, that kind of um, stuff, the story that people tell themselves to make um, their history um, and their past seem more palatable to them. I get it. I, I understand, you know, as a black woman, I can't even imagine being a part of a history that's so evil, you know, wondering about what you're going to find in your um, past. And then, you know, sort of what it says about your ancestors, you know, what it might say about you, especially, um, I, I believe that, you know, one of the key cornerstones of white supremacy is that this belief in your inherent superiority for being white. And there's a lot of belief in, you know, the, just the, I, the just the, the, just being white makes you a superior human being. So a lot of that is tied into sort of, you know, your, um, blood, your ancestry, your ancestors, you know, that kind of belief. So if, you know, you feel that that is not, um, you know, maybe not the best people are in your past, it would really shake your sense of self-worth and superiority. So I can, I can ap appreciate, I don't know if that's the right word, but I can understand why people shy away from that. And, um, but it, you know, you, you can't, you have to, to confront that belief and maybe, um, it, it makes you challenge, you know, your very core beliefs that you do think that, you know, you are superior to other races um, simply by being white. So, I mean, if you're feeling that way, you know, maybe dig a little deeper. It's uh, 
a journey of self-exploration. But um, one of the things here in Canada, um, you know, around five years ago or so, we had a, a Truth and Reconcilia Reconciliation Commission um, just was calling, you know, to basically challenge um, the colonialism that happened with the stealing of Indigenous lands um, from Indigenous peoples. Um, and what's been really nice is that people have been really, since um, last year, um, since the pandemic hit, and I, I think people have just been, you know, really taking a look at how we operate as a society. And one of the things that have been, has been coming to light in Canada as some of the uh, terrible, you know, genocide that's happened to Indigenous um, peoples here in Canada. You know, um, we've had, you know, residential schools, um, just, you know, the breaking of Indigenous families um, for no other reason than the belief that, um, you know, European Christian peoples um, were trying to civilize the Indigenous people in the land. You know, it's just a, a very uh, horrific, disgusting act. And, um, you know, people have been calling it out, um, you know, renaming streets. And, you know, these people that have done this to Indigenous families were like immortalized on um, on our universities and um, just very, very um, despicable. And so, you know, people have been using their voices to say, enough, it's not right. These people aren't heroes. Um, you know, we need to teach people the real history of what they've done. Um, and they don't deserve to be, you know, their statues don't deserve to be erected in our cities. Um, so this has been met, you know, people, one of the things that is always so frustrating as a person of color is when people say, oh, that happened so long ago. Why is this a thing? Like, oh, we're, you know, we just you get over it and, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, the, lo the lasting impact of these crimes, the their crimes that were committed against um, BIPOC people have resonated through um, generations so the impact is still there also um, like the last residential school closed in like the 90s so um, I know it's not that long ago um, I know the people that are like saying this I know that you remember the 90s um, so um, which is you know such a just a a cowardly argument in the first place, but um, it does it does have an impact um, as well. It has an impact on people of color as well as white people. Um, the way it shapes the way I talked about, um, you know, my friend who's indigenous and just how she's been treated um, because of that. Just the assumptions and stereotypes that she's um, has to deal with every day of her life, um, you know, people can understand that impact and the way people, white people carry themselves in the world is entirely shaped on, um, you know, their, this 
colonial entitlement mentality it's uh, plain to everybody to see so you know these things do have lasting impacts and so when someone says that they want to take things back like first of all ask yourself take it back from who because that my knowledge of history of the truth uh capital t is that um it's not going back to white people. White people think that that's what's going to happen when we say that. But you're like, uh, you took things away from indigenous people. So like, what are you trying to say here? And it's trying to, when we say take it back, we're saying that, you know what, we've let these brown people, these, you know, get a little too uppity and you know we have to check them and put them back in your place and that's what he's saying it's code we all know the code you're speaking about when you say that i've never heard a person of color say um you know let's you know take it back because back in the day we would have been in chains so why would i want to go back there um and it's a, a code, it's code language to say, I'm going to make things right again for white people. And that's what makes me so nervous. And I speak a lot about how in Canada, we are very, very uncomfortable with this notion. We are very uncomfortable that we are a racist country. You know, we are, um, we talk about the, you know, the Underground Railroad and, you know, all these wonderful stories of um how slaves came to Canada to escape, oh, the the tyranny of the states. And then nobody talks about how like a lot of the slaves went back because they were like, whatever, it seems like South, North, all these people are the same. <laughs> Some people did settle here, but there was racism here. There was, it's, it wasn't perfect. And I think um, the story that I was fed as a child growing up in the Canadian school system, um, uh, the story that a lot of people don't ever bother to look past um, as they grow older is that, you know, it wasn't perfect here in Canada for, uh, you know, black people. It wasn't perfect um, for indigenous people, like the origins of the police, the origin of origins of the RCMP, how they still operate in, you know, uh, some communities today, how they, you know, just randomly drive through like um, and target uh areas that are you know predominantly non-white and so just you know i need to know those things i need to educate myself on those things and it's amazing that a lot of white people don't and so um they don't understand the history when we say that it's unjust they haven't looked further than the histories that they were fed and it's a very comfortable history that focuses on uh, white people and it's um, people believe it. And it's, of course, you're an impressionable youth and you're told um, that, you know, civil rights happened, dust off your hands, everyone's equal now. We're in Canada, so we are, you know, we always do this comparison to ourselves to the state. So as long as we feel like we're doing better than somebody else, we can be like, oh, well, we're doing better than America, so we're all good. Nobody's ever racist. No one in Canada has ever experienced racism. The end. And that narrative is changing. It's been changing very rapidly for people that are very uncomfortable with this kind of change. And so when I hear a 
leader, a political leader that is speaking to um, taking things back to ignorance and, um, you know, I, I can't, um, I can't support that. I can't abide by that. And we are, this is what we've been fighting for. We are trying to move past that kind of comfort. You know, I'm, I am sorry that it, the truth of this country it makes you uncomfortable but that's something that I live in I sit in every single day of my life I don't have the luxury of putting the blinders on and pretending like it doesn't exist and the fact that people want to hide in there um, it's a privilege that no longer can exist for anybody if we are to move forward if you really want us to be the land of the free of you know um, you know our native land you want it to be everything that you believe it to be you can't um expect to be shielded from the truth of how um our country was built what our country was built upon and that is white supremacy So I wanted to also just talk a little bit about nostalgia and it is something that is so dangerous when it comes to ruling um, or being in power in this country, especially because um, historically it's only, only white uh, people have been, uh, you know, political leaders in this country. And so when they talk about nostalgia, it means something entirely different for BIPOC people. And it, it makes me nervous because, uh, the past that they're remembering with rose colored glasses, um, was not beneficial to anybody but themselves. They're not envisioning equality. They're not envisioning, you know, a, a past that, you know, inc includes, you know, um, gender identity, um, equality, you know, LGBTQ to rights they're not thinking about you know anti-racism they're not talking about any of those things because when I look at the past uh, through the eyes of someone who is white I'm thinking that um, I don't have to worry about if I'm saying the right thing I don't have to worry about being uncomfortable um, I don't have to worry about anything the world was built for me by people that looked like me that's you know the nostalgia that they're talking about and white people get very uncomfortable and very mad um, when we point that out I think you know <laughs> one of my favorite episodes of Key and Peele um, is just you know when they go into like um, you know a world war um, one I think reenactment and I can't remember if, what war it was but anyways it's like a reenactment and they're basically <clears throat> uh acting like you know slaves <laughs> they show up and of course because everybody there is white and you know they're just making them incredibly uncomfortable and aware of what somebody who's not white would have been like at that time um 
or is it a civil war reenactment? Anyways, apologies, but I can't remember. But I'm just thinking, you know, and it's that's what is happening with when we talk about, you know, um, indigenous nations and colonialism and slavery. It's just reminding, um, you know, white people uh, of a view outside of their own. And, you know, some people don't like that. And um, unfortunately, this is how we grow and how we change. Um, it, it's so important that people understand why those kinds of sayings make us very, very uncomfortable. And I know that um, one of the things that happened in America and one of the reasons that um, there was such a divide in the country is because there are so many people that feel that they are under attack for being white. These are people that wouldn't say that they're racist. These are people that believe, they think they believe in equality, um, as long as it doesn't impact them or make them feel bad about themselves. And um, it's such a small ask. It's, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, um, you feel as if, you know, they were sitting with a therapist or, you know, someone was saying, you know, you did something. And if you didn't say it was about race or if you didn't say it was about, you know, like equality and equal rights and they would do the work, they would do the work to challenge themselves to become better, um, even if it meant giving something up. But as soon as you talk about um, race and put race in the mix and say, wouldn't it be worth it if, you know, um, you had to, you know, be uncomfortable and have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody about, you know, them going through a residential school. Wouldn't it be worth it or change the name of a street to make somebody who walks by that street every day or sees that statue every day not be reminded of, you know, their family's uh, past and things that they lost? Um, but as soon as we say that, it you know, gets people angry. It feel they feel like they're getting blamed. They're being told that they're bad. I I don't understand why. As soon as it comes to you know race, all of a sudden you know change is going too fast. Change is too 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 much. Too much. Little. We have to take baby steps. Baby steps. Uh, sorry, I'm doing <laughs> the barber shop like um, uh, Cedric the Entertainer voice. But like uh, you know, that's what they expect from us, and we can't have change to make ourselves comfortable to reflect our lives and that's something I challenge everybody you know if you're white and you're listening to this I challenge you to wonder why um, why the sacrifice seems too great um, for humanity especially if you're Canadian um, and I know the people you know believe it believe it in their hearts that they would do that and I think that um, tell a friend tell somebody else to challenge them like it, we need uh voices that aren't you know bipoc voices to tell people to question these things about themselves so that we can continue to move forward we can we're i we're not villainizing anybody we know that you are not your ancestors i am not my ancestors but they are um a reflection of you know the world that we're living in right now um and I think that, you know, people, 
you know, are terrified that, you know, the empowerment of BIPOC people means that they're going to be, they're going to experience the same hardships because they know, they know that they don't want to be a BIPOC person. They know enough to know that. They know enough about racism that they do not want to be a person of color. And um, they feel like we're going to flip the script on them. And I mean, uh, it's, It's something that we, I, I mean, I don't want to broad stroke, but I think it's something that um, was uh, so eloquently said um, by, oh my gosh, her, her name escapes me, but it was basically just about how we don't want uh, revenge. We just want equality. And I think that that's something that, um, is very true and um, I feel like we shouldn't be having this fear and this hesitation um, to have these conversations to make these changes in our society out of fear um, we need to move forward we need to have equality we need to understand that um, hearkening back to you know the olden days are not the good old days for everybody and that statement to me is rings very very racist and it means that you are not aware enough you're not anti-racist enough to know that that you should have people in your circle in your life to tell you that you cannot say those things because of what it means to someone who's a person of color and if you're not hearing those voices, if you're not listening to what that means, then you do not deserve to lead this country. So uh, that's it for me. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe uh, to my podcast. Let me know what you think as well. I'm always happy to hear from uh, my listeners, and I will talk to you next time.